hello i have to start the show now hi guys oh yeah we're looking around hi guys hi guys uh, um if you're if you're wondering um sean's not here uh sean do we know what sean's doing not really no 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 not at all he did not tell us <laughs> yeah he just like uh, disappeared he's like all right he, bye guys he said he said I, i'm not gonna be on this weekend so fuck you yeah uh but you know what that's fine that's fine so guys guys I want. I want to just jump right into it before we get even get into you know. I want to talk about the state of the comic book industry. Nice, nice, light-hearted discussion to start off the show. Who in the hell are you? I'm Tyler here with Kale. What's up, hot dogs? And uh, I'm, yeah, I think your name's Mar Marco. Marco? No, just Mark. Actually, Mark. Yeah. You ever Mark think you ever you ever have that like decision in your head like, you know, I'm going to go by Mark now. I've never had that thought in my life. I've constantly had like I'm going to go by Ty now. I'm going to tell all my no, friends, I'm going to text all my friends like I'm going to go by Ty going forward. That's and what I did. Know. You got to wear you got to wear like the, the pink like like uh, oh, but you do have like a uh, you probably have a pink Hawaiian shirt. Why would you assume that? <laughs> <laughs> With like some like like all, all slightly off blue shorts. And then Sam. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, okay. Yeah, all right, my, all right. yeah, my name's Ty. I'm not wearing salmon colored shorts or any kind of uh, multicolored shorts like that. Actually, I know oh, exactly where a pair are. Never mind. Um, I was say you fucking liar. Yeah, 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 I do. I don't wear them often because I like uh, I like shorts to be above the knee and these uh, I, I like nice uh, hoochie daddy shorts, you know. Yeah. Ooh, you know. the ones that like really lift up your butt. Yeah, 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 because I was told I have no butt. Thanks, mm -hmm. tuxedo salesman. <laughs> great, great way to hype me up for my wedding that didn't work out though guys did you hear this news about idw yeah yeah uh -huh. yeah so idw <laughs> i feel like i'm opening this like like a freaking uh late night you hear this though you hear this about idw you hear this thing <laughs> idw you, is you uh hosted just like that at late night show, dude just, like, i questions. have uh, well, guys, we'll get into the IDW stuff. This is how I host the show. It's hey, Tyler, more, what's on your shirt? It's a little more hectic than than Sean is. It's a it's Swamp Thing. Oh shit! It's Freaky Friday. Um, yeah. So, um, I have ideas for a, a late night comic book themed thing. It's I've been might have been working on some stuff. Never mind. It's just a little pet project. It's fine. But uh, the idea is there, Marco. Trust me. Okay. So IDW. Um, is a comic book publisher. This is how Sean starts these things, right? Mm -hmm. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> so IDW, uh, as you may know, is a comic book, uh, one, of the, one of the indie comic book publishers that is known to produce some of the things like Star Trek, uh, Teenage Mutant mm -hmm. Ninja, Ninja Turtles. For you bronies out there, uh, they have the My Little Pony license. Um, they had uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe, but that's not looking so good for them anymore. Um, they had a week a huge huge not so good week because they cut two-fifths of their employees executives and their stock exchange just tanked um it's delisted uh yeah yeah it's not looking good for them at all um so in this uh i'm looking at this we have this uh iew link here comics beat did some good good work on it to talk about you know who's who's left there but um, as of, I believe this was earlier this week, um, their publisher, Na Nachi Marsham, had been let go. 
and then their head of e their EVP and head of media entertainment division was also let go. Uh, as as long as along with uh two what is it? What's the number here? Two fifths of their employees. Um, that's a big hit to the amount of people on one of the biggest indie publishers out there. Um, yeah, probably, probably like what, like the fifth or sixth biggest? I don't even know, but I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, Image is the big one, but then, you know, you kind of put, in my head at least, it's like IDW and Boom are kind of like neck and neck with Dark Horse, you know. It kind of ebbs and flows between who's, who's you know, the biggest at the time, mostly depending on what the most recent big thing they put out was. But we're talking IDW who put out Last Ronin, which is consistently selling still on the charts. You know, it's, it's you know, beating a lot of even the big two books up there. Um, so seeing this was a huge surprise to me because um, I thought, like, they were doing fine. They were, you know, they had their Star Trek stuff has been pretty good lately, um, both in content and I think in, in you know, critical uh, or, or, or I guess fan praise. I've only heard good things and I've only read good things. The turtle stuff is yeah off the chain. Like it's been doing solidly for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, they 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 don't have as much of their Disney licensing. You know, I know Dynamite's taken a couple things. You know, Dynamite's been publishing. You know, like uh, sorry, my cat is just climbing my window right now. Um, Dynamite's been publishing like Scar and Maleficent and stuff like that. Whereas IDW previously would handle a lot of those like Disney, Marvel properties. Mm-hmm. And now they have they have a couple of like all ages Marvel stuff, and they have like Star Wars: The High Republic. Um, but even like yeah, their licensing right. in that regard wasn't so big. Um, but still, this surprised me to cut this much. I, I mean, this this is like cost savings, right? Like it's a sure. shitty way to go about it. But you know, you're leaning down the workforce so you can keep people afloat. Um, the delisting from the stock exchange, like that, feels like. You're going to go back and privatize and probably get some private investors, more private investors involved, which is only going to probably help the rebuild period after this. Because I think you have to think of it that way is from here. Yeah, this is a, a short term contraction. And then at some point in the next year or two, maybe three, uh, they'll come back in a fuller force where they can probably buy more buy back those licenses which is probably why they lost them right it's because they probably couldn't retain the costs associated so um it's interesting to have seen that disappear then this happen um, but hopefully that means that you know they'll be able to liquidate some of the stock get some money back uh, and then form some sort of plan for the future i'm not too too worried about this it sucks for the people involved but i'm not too worried for this as like the larger state of comics I, I, I wouldn't consider IDW. I mean, we'll, we're, I want to talk about, you know, whether or not there might be too many public, comic book publishers, you know, in the current market. But uh, personally, I don't think IDW is a, I don't think, I don't, I don't view it as a canary in a coal mine for the greater industry. I think media as a whole right now is kind of, oh, we're, we're, we're monetized now, screwed. Um, and uh, uh, layoffs and all that just come constantly uh for stuff like this um strangely i was watching a a video on youtube and you know with all the media layoffs in every sector really you know like buzzfeed news just got rid of their entire news division yeah um but strangely the only stuff that's still hiring right now is like daily wire Ugh. 
So that really shows where where uh, the media uh, business is. But anyway, uh, yeah, this is uh, it sucks because there's a lot of good people that worked at IDW, um, and with you know cutting two fifths, like I want to say, oh, okay, this is good for you know maybe them, maybe they can, maybe they can go somewhere else, you know, kind of land on their feet. But like, there are a lot of comic publishers, but not a lot of jobs, really. Um, so it's hard to, when you get, you know, laid off at one of these major publishers, it's kind of, it's, it's tricky to land on your feet sometimes. So it really sucks for these people, even if this is more of a strategic thing to, you know, kind of cut their losses right now so they could rebuild, you know, maybe when the economy is in a better place. What, what's wild is, uh, there's, there was a subsequent article from Rich where he like lays out all the people that yeah. got let go. And a lot of them are like larger, uh, like bigger people you have uh yeah your ceo your svps your vps um evps just like across the board so uh, it's interesting that they're it looks like they're starting at the top and then working their way down where you know, the most budget i guess is being thrown at people mm. um you got a few associates here and there but it looks like it's largely uh higher up some c-suite some v-suite people and so not terrible you know for the creative side of things sure yeah yeah exactly like um like i know like a lot of the people who worked on like editorial are still around um mark do you think this is more of a like all right we'll we'll cut these you know vps and evps and stuff because did you see my cat fall yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's wild today jeez um <laughs> the uh do you think this is more of like cost cutting thing because they are higher probably wages uh yeah i th I, I see that as okay yeah. we're paying you guys a prettier penny for some of these things and it's unfortunate because like obviously they have you know their own lives and that's gonna uh, it's sure gonna yeah these are people yep all right so like but yeah i think i think it i think all of this is a cost savings measure and a <laughs> saying that makes it feel like yeah whatever the people are disposable but it's it's so that the longevity of this company so you can get people back and get uh, comics published again or get licenses back like i it's all cost saving and it's not personal it's not meant to be like they would want to retain these people if they couldn't otherwise yeah and i think that timing for this is is key as well because we are in kind of a, a comic books in general are in a, a refraction period um you know post post-covid say that to people who are immunocompromised but post-covid um the people don't have as much disposable income you know yeah. uh, everything is more expensive um i i use i use uh my economics is not great i'm not the best with money uh, admittedly but um how i judge the economy is based on how much money i spend at taco bell um once once i see those prices going up i'm like oh no it's hitting me now you know like yeah I used to be able to spend like under $10 for like my go-to Taco Bell order. And now that shit's like 15 bucks. And I'm like, yo, what's going on here? Um, so not having that much income to kind of just throw around in comic books means some of these maybe second tier publishers, you know, that's not Marvel or DC. Uh, they don't get a They don't really get that much of a, a cut of the pie in a way. Uh, I mean, I would I would think that like okay now maybe Dark Horse picks back up picks up 
like a Star Trek license or one of the others that were lost. Um, they still maybe, have, uh, IDW's lost Star Trek as far as well, I can tell you. Um, whichever whichever one like would have been cut at that point. Um, I think that is well we can try to oh damn is that the stock price forty four cents yikes yeah <laughs> um, just saw that on the screen um, yeah I feel like it's uh, it's opportunity for the smaller publishers because they're going to be fighting over like what two percent of the pie you know but sure yeah. that's that's for them market share right yeah. that is volume nonetheless in the hundreds of thousands potentially and so fight for that shit I think and. Uh, Dan Dan here makes a a good comment like cutting for higher wages uh, would be my guess too. The mistake often made is you're getting rid of people who have some market or institutional knowledge that you can't easily replace. I think that's a good point in letting these people go. Like they were keeping it afloat up until this point and probably have that knowledge to be able to make those deals with uh, with licensors, with publishers, with um, I don't know, stores, right? And so uh, to get that back is going to be the hard part. I mean, yeah, IDW hasn't even had an editor-in-chief since 2001 when, when John Barber left. Um, so like 2021. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the say, other one. What? <laughs> <laughs> 2021, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like their, their whole structure has been a little wonky. I mean, the people that are, that are left at, uh, at, at IDW are uh, people, I guess comic book fans would know um like uh uh jamie s rich is still there and and according to the beat uh you know comics beat um he was actually promoted editor-in-chief so they finally have one so there's mm -hmm. some structure at least trying to be maintained huh. in all of this uh mark doyle who uh spearheaded the the originals line still there um the artist uh scott Dun dunbeer who was the editor behind the artist edition line still there Heather Anto is still there, who's Star Trek editor. I didn't know she worked on the Star Trek books. Oh. Um, mm -hmm. uh, thank you for making those uh, uh, gel together. Um, uh, Leigh Walton, who did it, was a top shelf editor, is still there. And an editor, Kristen Simon, is still there. Um, as well as the Sonic slash Godzilla editor, David Marriott. Um, great two IP to have there. Wild that Godzilla survived that. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so like it, it is. It it's good to know that in terms of like as a comic book man, the editors who are there for the more creative end of things are kind of staying. So yeah, in terms of what we see and the perception from a reader standpoint, um, I don't think we'll notice much. To be honest, maybe a little less of uh, output that might be a way of cutting cutting costs too temporarily. Um, but like they still have like the D and D license. Like there's. They still have IP. They just need to, you know, use it a little better. So, uh, I'm not good with this stuff at all. Comic books? Are or? we say, uh, Well, <laughs> listen, I've been on a 10-year trajectory that's gone downward. Um, the, um, so, we, we're saying, like, marketing people uh, or, like, you know, sort of what the you know not owner of idw obviously but no, like above editor above editor-in-chief yeah yeah what are the what are the what are the terms we're talking here about like who got canned 
Uh, so, I get, uh, yeah, idea. What is it? Leading Cool has like a list of them. Where's my article here? Yeah, so we're looking at like uh, sales and marketing strategy. Um, I think publisher, um, director of public relations, content strategy, chief executive officer. Um, a couple of editors here and there. It looks like uh, like uh, one of the you know the editors of the originals line was let go. Um, so a lot of sales though. It looks like. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. the first first to go sales and marketing. The VP of sales, sales associate. Digital marketing. Um, and I feel they like, I feel even like... had. Sorry. No, go ahead, Marco. I was just saying they, they they even have it broken down by the dis- distinguishing between the publishing and the media holding company. Yeah. So the higher C suite people, the uh, executive vice president, um, is part of the entertainment piece. The uh, that's Paul Davidson. You have your CEO, part of IDW Media Holdings, Alan Grafman. Uh, chief financial officer, also part of Media Holdings, Brooke Feinstein versus uh, Keith Davidson, who is the director of public relationships, but in on IDW publishing side. So there's like a few, they've like across the board of all of their uh, larger company and subsidiary are removing people. So this is like swath of yeah, individuals. Yeah. Um, so I guess the, the, the follow-up question is, when we see cuts like this to, I would say, one of the major comic book publishers, you know, uh, in North America, do you think that this is a, a, a bigger sign that maybe, uh, I guess there's too many publishers in comics at this point? There, there There's too many slices of that small slice of pie that there's left over for you know, non big two books. No. Um, I think, I mean, you know, we can get into the, the downfalls of capitalism all we want, but gladly, I I think CEOs need to take pay cuts and, you know, they need to work on keeping people themselves you know, versus always putting out product and concentrating on profit. Um, I agree with your sentiment, but I don't think that's... No, I don't think that's how it works at all. And I have have absolutely zero practical solutions. (laughs) I am am a a fairy in the ether that can only see and be mad about the way I think the world is, I have no concept of how it actually works. Your practical solution is a guillotine. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. Uh, much more uh, level-headed. Marco, what do you... <laughs> uh, no, I don't think... Because that, that's like saying there are too many comics out in the world, right? Uh. Um, and I feel like there, there's always room for new publishers doing new things because there's different people doing and reading different books. Like I'd argue that if we're saying there's too many publishers, you know, I'd start with Kickstarter where that's like the indie of the indie. You're not even associated to a comic book publisher, you know, um, that if that being the case, then they're cutting in much more than your traditional, uh, way into the, the, the industry. I I get, 
I guess to reword my question, I mean, just in terms of, you know, like being able to have, you know, in the in the, the current state of the economy and, you know, uh, not having as much disposable income as, as you know, I can't just go ahead and just buy an Xbox or anything like that. But um, just can there, can these smaller publishers even work in this world? Like, sure, I think IDW is okay because they have, you know, brands like Dungeons and Dragons, you know, which is huge right now. Um, yeah, and they have brands like you know My Little Pony, which was huge a decade ago for bearded men. Um, but you know, I'm thinking of like honestly, when when I see this IDW stuff, I don't think of IDW. I think of the people like you know, a little little below it, like a dynamite. That you know, like what they have is like Red Sonia, but like that doesn't mean anything outside of here, really. <laughs> but Red Sonia's selling. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. And like, what non-licensed stuff is IDW putting out? Can you name anything off the top of your head? Scarenthood. Oh, Kanto's great. Yeah. Yeah. Kanto's a, a good one. Okay. Look at who, who, uh, eat your eat your hey. fucking words, Kale. <laughs> who has Berserker? I, is that Boom? That's Boom, right? That's Boom. That's, that's, boom. Boom. that's the counter. Boom. Boom. Also, yeah. yeah. Also, still good. Um, yeah, I mean, my point, my point being, like, you know, it's the licenses that that are bringing the money in. Yeah, yep. You know, that's the stuff people are showing up for. Yeah, L- losing uh, GI Joe and, and Transformers though is not good because the people who, yeah. yeah, the people who like those books are the people who have the disposable income to buy GI Joe and Transformers action figures. And let me tell you something, and they ain't cheap. And having the um, the history with those properties, yeah, that people yeah. who aren't gi joe or transformers fans already aren't gonna have yeah yeah i mean and and like the 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 people that are still buying those books are probably the same people who were buying like the larry hama uh you know stuff from like the 80s um so (laughs) middle middle to to later middle-aged men really um and statistically speaking who has disposable income that that venn diagram is a circle really at that point um and it, it, it's interesting because, like, um, that being the case, then you're relying on this, and, and this is something we, like, go back to a lot, of you're relying on that older guard of comic book reader to be able to have that disposable income, and then you're feeding into that vicious cycle of, okay, we don't want to market to these people, but these are the people that can pay for the books, and then now we're in a money crunch, they even more so, assumingly, will be able to afford the books um and it and it, it just keeps feeding into itself yeah dan, dan dan in the chat brings up a good point um that licenses might not bring in all that much money they need a stronger base with their own properties that's why dark horse survived and other companies uh that were just dealing with licensed books didn't um yeah. i agree and i think that's what boom is looking at you know right now boom is in a creative ip boom really um, and I, I do think IDW has kind of been languishing in, you know, their own muck of IP, really. For a while, um, yeah. There's only so many Sonic comics you could put out. You know what they need to do? They need to give those uh, Sonic fanfic people the, 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 the keys to the kingdom there. Let them put out books. Nah, um, not... Well, I mean, Archie had Sonic before yeah. yep. IDW. Oh, you know, right. they, haven't had, they haven't had Sonic for that long. No, it's... Within the last decade, I believe. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so do you think IDW should be putting out more creator-owned stuff? Yeah, of course. Everybody should. Oh, I agree, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but that's the thing. They they do, it doesn't, but it doesn't pick up as much as, I think, a a licensed book might, where, for example, um, the, like, Canto, love that book. Yeah, uh, I've heard good books. Really good stuff. Yeah. Um, I've been the the way that they release it is really weird because they'll do like usually four issue arcs, but it's always a new number one of an arc. Yeah. It doesn't like continue. Um, so sometimes I get confused. I'm like, which one I'm picking up? Uh, they have random books here and there. Scare and Toad is really good, which I think Kale I made you read. Um, um, but how do you market those yeah. books? knowing you have the sort of noise of sonic transformers gi joe Ninja not two Rose. of those <laughs> well but i'm, I'm saying yeah like, when they had it yeah. right like how, how do you how do you go cool these are the books that you guys know how do i pull you away from sonic and get you to read canto the, the, the tricky thing too is like i you know when we look at boom it's it, it feels like a lot of those newer creator-owned things are specifically being made as an ip farm you know it's like hey putting out these books and i think uh was it boom that got recently bought out by like endeavor group or something or was that, it was dark horse that was dark horse it was um, dark horse but a lot of these you know companies are creating these new things just to be used you know in other forms of media so it's like all right i have the well known established properties um, easy to market. Star Trek, you're going to get people to buy that. Um, but then they're only, that, that's as far as it goes, you know? Whereas, can I create something new, a little harder to market, but that could possibly lead to other things, you know, possibly a movie deal, possibly, you know, like the IP can go somewhere else. It's kind of a weird balancing game. And it looks like it's going to be harder for IDW because they got rid of a lot of their people that control that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean... Were they doing it in the first place? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean, not for nothing. Like, if they were doing it, they, you know, IDW itself would probably be doing a lot better. Yeah. And and for all intents and purposes, it sounds to me like a lot of this was corporate restructuring by the former CEO's son, right? Like that's the that's the impression I get. So like, maybe this shit was always in the cards so that he can buy his fifteenth yacht or whatever the fuck. Fourteenth, uh, uh, not not there yet. It's IDW. My mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Think he's buying a yacht in this economy? I, mean, I don't know the, the yacht market. I'm not even close to the yacht market to know what that. With the with the fifty people they just laid off, yeah, probably. <laughs> that is a lot of saving. Yeah, and that might Angelized. be a yacht's worth of savings. Over the course of an annual, a year, maybe. I mean, if we, if we have any yacht take? owners in the chat, please, please chime in. Um, and then yacht. also send us a subscri subscription and Patreon. Um, My, Marco's sitting here delegating that fact. Oh, yeah, it might take a year to do that. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it that's not what I'm talking about, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> but then it doesn't feel like it makes sense to then go, I'm going to go buy a yacht. Like, <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let me try. Let me try a different one. His sixtieth okay. butler. Okay. He's the a uh, 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 solid gold bathtub in the fiftieth bedroom of his mansion. 
Like that sounds pretty nice. <laughs> now you're talking my style. I mean, so uh, all right, let's. Let, that, this is really all I gotta say about IDW. Really, I mean, this is. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think it is. It is. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a, a bad omen for comic books as a whole. I mean, I, I think we all know that the floppy, you know, weekly comic book grind is a very archaic thing that you know might be going, you know, extinct down the line. Sorry for your niche interest in in, in thing, but. Um, I don't think this is the real sign of it. I think this is just a, a more of a of media in general right now is screwed in this economy and anyone working in it is having a rough time, especially marketing. Um, <laughs> you got some Muppet eyebrows there, Marco. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, I, I think it's just it's a tricky, tricky environment to be dealing with right now. And then we're just seeing it in comic books because it's just a general indicator of everything else that's going on. Yeah, it, it's it's hitting that like it's hitting the larger structures of the comic book industry at this point. Like it, we were feeling it in the price point and the price increases in uh you know the amount that they would have to pay for increased uh production costs and now it's climbing up, it's trickling up uh as most economic issues do. Yeah, Atomic Count has a question. Does the cost of licenses fluctuate based on the property property's popularity? That's a hard one to say. Um, I think it's all contract-based, right? So, I mean, they would have to renego- renegotiate contracts after the fact. Um, and if a property mm. gets big, then that price changes. Um, well, it depends how you negotiate it, right? Sure, so if you yeah. get, get big while you have it at dirt cost, and like, oh, actually, we're going to cab this for five years. Sorry. Yeah, I think uh, like that's that's how Archie lost Sonic, I believe, right? Um, I just think that Archie was like, no, nah, we're not paying for that, so, so IDW got it instead. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know the. I think, I think they probably were tired of it because they were going through their whole rebrand and everything, and and Penders had been writing uh, Sonic for thirty years, and jeez, is that when he uh he gave Sonic a full name? Marco, do you know Sonic the Hedgehog's full name? Oh, no, that's... Uh, I think I'm pretty sure he's had that way longer than that. I don't think he gave it gave him that. What is the name? Sonic's real name is uh, Ogilvy Maurice Hedgehog. Ogilvy. Yeah. Ogilvy, oh, I, yeah. think I've, I think I've heard of that. Ogilvy, yeah, I think yeah, I've heard yeah. of that. It's fucking um, weird. <laughs> Rude to Sonic. But yeah, guys, so uh, so chat, if you have any uh, any thoughts about this IDW, I guess... It's not a restructuring yet. Um, there's a little bit, you know, whether I'm actually getting an editor in chief, but mostly just layoffs right now. Um, potential restructure on oncoming. Um, but if you think this is more of an indication of the comic book industry as a whole, well, let us know. Let us know your thoughts here. Uh, do you guys feel that? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Personally, yeah. just only said that four times, Marco. I don't. Yeah. But like, Marco's too busy uh, understanding oh, his mic levels. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> Uh, one one of the class you just like put in the chat. Companies shouldn't print out single issues anymore and focus online. Um, I think one of the the hard parts about focusing to the online environment is you're losing out on. Uh, I, I actually I actually I take that back because I don't know what the breakdown of costs on the back end is. Right, I, I don't know how much you're paying to the person hosting 
versus the uh, production involved for the individual book. So I, I, I guess it, it's less than physical. Yeah, but are you making? I guess you'd be making more money on the online, but you have a smaller population of people who are buying there. Not if you force them digital. Yeah. Yeah, but then you lose out on people like like Sean, who's just like, I don't want that format. I mean, but hot there's there's, there's got to be a certain point where if you want comic books. You know, I'm not saying everybody's going to go digital, but like eventually there's going to come a time where, you know, the companies are going to say this paper and the shipping and, you know, especially uh, uh, this is something I was going to bring up earlier. We are still in a paper crisis. Yeah. So is that a new know, DC event? Haha. <laughs> uh, Ragman's involved. Well, I had to work for that one. <laughs> That's good. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, you know, at some point, if Sean wants a comic book, he's going to have to go online. These companies are going to get tired of running out of paper. They're going to get tired of boats getting stuck in the Suez Canal. They're going to get tired of, you know, uh, sellers returning all this, you know, all this stuff. I, maybe it's a hot take on my end, but like, I feel like it's inevitable that comics goes Fully digital in terms of the week to week books, um, especially I, in terms of the week to week books. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I don't. I, I think that is within the next fifteen years, easily, in my opinion. Um, I think that we will see a formatting change as soon as one of the big two does it. That's that's it, really. Uh, but they've tried and it Going hasn't. Just digital? They've never tried it. Oh, oh, just it. Well, no, I'm I mean, saying they... like just dropping print completely. Uh, for so week to week, for week to week, I will say. Dan, Dan makes a good point on that. Like, if you're publicly traded, your stockholders would not tolerate any kind of loss of revenue. Like, you're it, by making that shift, the short term loss of value okay. there would be catastrophic and just like a non-starter argument. I think um, you would have to you would have to have digital as supplemental and figure figure out a way to migrate people to that format. I like Silv's idea of like webtoons and uh, like TikTok gen, but the thing with webtoons is you can't monetize it the same way. Like yeah. Once you purchase, once you purchase a, a book, you have purchased said book, right? Webtoon just relies off like bits and stuff or whatever, like coins. You can only access a certain amount of chapters, um, and up to a certain extent, it is free to read. And I don't know how you would have to figure out a way or structure to make up for the loss of revenue as you transition over to digital. I don't think 100% digital makes sense. But it wouldn't be 100% digital because we're still talking omnibus and yeah. trade paperbacks being printed as yeah, books. The, the book market would be so physical. It, 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 would, it would be a shift of making the digital priority for the weekly books mm. supplemented by the physical in bookstores. Like larger format? Yeah. I think the only thing stopping them is comic shops, really, and press, the negative press that would be, because um, you'd be killing the Americana that is the local comic book shop. Um, Oops. Well, which is slowly withering away. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> although like... my local one just reopened with with new uh new uh, management, so I, I still haven't checked it out yet. But you know, oh, yeah? so yeah, there's there's some 
I'm, I'm trying to get my my bookstore over here it's a few blocks away to, to start to carry a few more comics because so i'm like oh I, I read these stuff and i've been talking to the owner like floppies or or uh, uh like trades? like more trades and stuff okay. yeah like, i i asked her if i can order if i could potentially try to order stuff and she's like oh, I, I can try to figure that out but you can't your, your local bookstore can't uh uh specifically order well, books for you it's a different it's a different uh like publishing or like i don't know something line wherever she gets her books it's Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just I, I feel like in terms of if the industry could say, hey, Marvel, the only way you can read our books week to week, month to month is digitally. I think the cost saving would be there because they're not doing the publishing end of things. Um, and they can kind of get everything in house and control that, you know, fully. Um, but short term, yeah, it would suck for them. <laughs> hard uh, i think long term though if they really you know put their whole put their whole pussy into it i don't know why that's uh, what i was gonna say <laughs> disney yeah um, um I, I to go back to your original question i don't think there are too many publishers this no. isn't a case like imprints you know this mm. isn't like dc with young animal and uh black label and uh, uh, the plethora of other ones that I don't remember now, and remember Vertigo, have, have and Vertigo, <laughs> uh, the the Sandman one is is a current imprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In peace. Wait, so you think that it's it's more of an issue of too many imprints? No, no, I'm saying it's not like that. Oh, I get you, I get you. Okay, you know, it's not one company flooding the market. This is, you know, this is the case of uh, I again. I genuinely think a case of a CEO trying to get more money. And Tom again, mm-hmm. questions, you know, what terms of a book is profitable at this point? We, we don't know uh, as because we don't, we don't get digital sales numbers. Well, any, I, the, any kind of sales the, numbers. Anymore. Yeah. The most we can get is um, judging on Amazon, you know, comiXology, you know, top sellers. Like I think that's, I think people have aggregated that information. But we don't well, get that the, information from the like the is, publishers. But the question is like, what determines if it's profitable? Like, I guess from a vol, like from a volume standpoint, if like anecdotally, we've heard if a if a big two book doesn't sell more than what like twenty thousand or thirty thousand in a given month, it's a like it's sunk cost. Sure. So who who knows what that means for, or how you scale that for smaller publishers like an Image sure. or for an IDW or a dark horse or whatever. So that's taking those two DC and Marvel. And again, as an anecdote, I don't know what we don't know what that looks like. Otherwise, and DC Marvel is harder to do because like, even if a, if a book isn't profitable, just having the book out can be profitable for the IP. Yeah. You know, like there's a reason why, you know, we're going to be talking about it. There's a reason why blue Beetles has, has an ongoing coming out now. Um, there's a movie coming out that looks pretty decent, I gotta say. Um, but yeah, yeah, comic books is, I love having such a, it, it's such a specific industry that I can't really compare. Like, you can't even compare it to the book market, really. It's closest thing. Um, it's weird, man. It's fun, though. Like, I don't care about, like, when it comes to, like, the, 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 the money aspect of, I don't know, like, toys or video games, I could get, I can give two, two shits about it, but comic books is so it's so juicy because it's always like on the verge of collapse you know it's always a uh, doom saying in this industry so um 
it's always a little exciting. But uh, yeah, if you guys have questions about that, write us in. Uh, and you know, you can uh, contact us. Oh man, this is Sean's thing. I- I'm so uh, out of touch when it comes to transferring over to talking about where you can find us. Marco, where on the socials can you find us? I'm throwing this at your feet now. Oh, you can follow us at the Comics Pals on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. I guess we post stuff on Facebook if you want to check us out. But the main places to be able to reach us are going to be uh, Instagram and Twitter. Otherwise, you can send us an email, thecomicspals at gmail.com. Or actually contact at thecomicspals because that's the new one we're, we're trying to use a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, and Facebook's then, been working for us lately, strangely. Yeah, I'm like, a huge fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I there was a guy uh, who commented like on one of our like uh, it was the DC movie TikTok or whatever that I posted on Facebook. They never, never make a show or TV show again. Um, and he was on a. <laughs> I got real weird with it. Uh, it. He he was trolling obviously, and I looked at his account. It was a troll account. It was a troll Facebook account. But he was friends with himself on Facebook, so I found out his real name. Oh. And then I found out his wife's name, and I and I responded to that. You can also follow us on <laughs> YouTube and uh, Twitch, where we stream every single Saturday, ten fifteen a.m. EST uh, for this very show, or Thursdays at six p.m. EST for Pals Pulls, where we go over the week's hottest books. I'm just saying, if you're gonna troll from a troll account, do better. Do better. I'm just trying to teach him. <laughs> not very good at hiding himself um so yeah if robin's out there what's up um friends with himself what does that even mean he had a a separate account and he had it only had three friends on it and i'm like all right then the 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 profile picture matched his actual account and then never mind it's i have a little fun on facebook i like to spread different disinformation on facebook facebook's my you know gremlin mode area so We'd love to shout these lovely people out <laughs> who support our Patreon. Uh, join the Palsverse. A uh, huge thank you to Thunderstruck Rebecca Alejandro, the Night Stalker Harris Najinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott, Starcross Catherine Stars, Hound of Justice Atomic Hound, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, and... We have a new one. Are we going to go with the one I, I decided, Marco? Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, so Jalen... Uh, new patron, Jalen. Jalen, you're going to have, this is where we, we, we get to make your power. And normally Sean kind of just spitballs this. I don't know Sean's process. I don't know if he comes up with it in advance or it's a spur of the moment thing. Uh, yeah. But we decided there's a little too many heroes in the Palsverse. So Jalen, you're a villain. You're a villain with the ability to control, almost Mara-like with, with the way she controls water. To control blood, you can rip the blood out of people. You can, you know, you can maybe just use it if you just want to be a phlebotomist. Sure, I mean, if you want to just be, be you maybe maybe you were no no you were a phlebotomist and you were bit <laughs> by a radioactive child in a pediatric ward. Um, oh, they bit me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which then gave you special blood powers, and because it was a kid that bit you, you were pissed off, and that rage just stewed in you which so you became jalen the sanguine sorcerer let's go you can you can pull the blood out of people you can you know make people's blood rush to their arms and explode an arm um it's probably a little violent of a of a, of a power you know we might need you know 
you know, some, you know, Joel Justice to, to put you in check or something. I mean, maybe you can use that for good. I don't really, that seems like a really evil power. I don't know. <laughs> the positive. I think it's, I think it's by far the, the most violent we have. Yeah. I needed because to add some violence to the Palsmers. A little, this is me. A little gore. Uh, if you want to go that far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could just use it to just give people headaches too. I mean, you just that, said he can explode people's <laughs> arms. That's and, and he bit. brought it down. And he brought it down to maybe give somebody like a migraine. I guess <laughs> I'm just saying there are variations to this. That's like that's like the stealth one. You know, like there's like a senator. You have to, you know, you don't want to take him out, but you just give him a little uh, aneurysm or something. Well, that's blood related, right? Ooh, yeah, yeah. Man, that's kind of cool, actually. They'll never know. Oh, if, if, you, if you explode yeah. them, they're like, oh god, it's a sanguine sorcerer again. But if it's just like a little a little hidden thing, who knows? Who knows? So th- thank you, Jalen. Jalen, appreciate you thank joining you. the Palsverse. If you want to feud with any of our other Pals people, you got their names. You know where to find them. You know, if you want to just come up with your own fan fiction for this. You know, yeah, let's do some, let's do some Palsverse fan fiction. Do you, think, do you think Star-Crossed Catherine Stars has blood? Mm, she's Star-Crossed. It could be cosmic energy. Yeah, she's mm. always... Red sort of starfire esque to me. Mm. This, uh, and, and and what is blood really? It's a great question. <laughs> great question. And baby, don't hurt me. Um, yes, those are those are the, the pals verse people. Thanks, thanks everyone. Um, we have a couple of uh, listener comments though. Let me throw this uh, uncanny nightcrawler uh, up on the screen here. Uncanny Spider Man. That's what we're calling him. Kale, you want to get the first one? Yeah, dog. So this first uh, comment is from Aaron Ruiz on the Spider-Man controversy conversation. Ooh, Excellent oh. talk as always. Thank you for taking the time on the topic of fandom going wild due to the direction of the comic. I'm on Sean's side where poking the bear and saying Zeb Wells should not go to conventions is ugly and horrible. Why should a creator feel that way when going to conventions? Not a good thing for Marvel to say. I do think that this kind of explosion of hate has been building up quite a bit from Spencer's last arc, seemingly teasing retconning one more day, all the way to the current Zeb Wells with Ben Riley, Norman Osborn stuff, and MJ Peter being separated again. Hopefully after the last two issues drop, everything calms down. Yeah, good resolution. Hopefully that'll you know, put people back in order. There was a, a guy on TikTok just doing exactly what we say not to do in the comments about the Amazing Spider-Man thing. Uh, oh, was he like inflaming, like enraging people? Yeah, he was like, Where, where's Zeb's wife? And I'm like, all right, even though I just talked about that, don't do that. Um, uh-huh, Tyler. Yeah, but I was like, oh, dude, just go to therapy. Like, you know, and, and he didn't really respond that well to that uh, comment either. Um, <laughs> you commented? I told him to go to therapy. Yeah, that was really, really aggro. Um, you know, most, most health insurance will cover therapy. And if you don't have health, health insurance, that that's America. No, um, mine doesn't. What the fuck? Really? Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, it is. Wrinkle, wrinkle. Yeah. Out of all of us. dental? Yeah, I got dental health and vision. Yeah. Otherwise, so. Well, as long, I mean, yeah. at least you, you can, you can grind your teeth through the stress, but at least they can fix it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. People are crazy on the internet when it comes to Spider-Man specifically. Um, let it play out. There's just gonna there's gonna be a story there. Like it's not the end of the world. 
what frustrates what frustrates me the most is when people like don't um give it the time to breathe yeah. or only give it like a few issues and it's like i know where this is going and i know the trajectory and you know this is a destruction or whatever like let that shit play out um i feel like uh kale which is the spider-man run where, where you were like oh i don't get what's going on at the start but you like you came back to where you stuck with it and then it all superior. tied together yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 superior so, is like, one of my favorite spider-man runs of all time honestly just give it a fucking chance let it like, play out and then judge it once it's out in a trade or like it's 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 completed as an arc then i think you can you can you can judge it you can you know have your opinions on it but you're yeah. not even like having week to week judgments on an arc is not doing justice to like just the medium like that's the story's not done you know um, well and and i don't think i don't think a lot of people get what goes into making a product um you guys probably weren't on tumblr uh Ooh. during the steven universe years but there would be an episode where something happened that the fandom didn't like and then two episodes later, there would be like consequences. Mm. And then the fandom would be like, oh, they wrote that as an apology to us. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. Yeah. Dumbasses. Yeah, just just wait. Patience. Jeez, patience. You know, some meditation might help too. Talk it out with someone. Have a close friend group. Jesus Christ, people. It's just comic books. Um. Yeah, well, uh, actually, no, uh, Marco, you want to read No Names? Question? Yes, so this is from No Name 11, also in the same episode, Spider-Man Controversy. Um, do you think the big two have the wrong target audience? Ooh, Sean brought up that they may be using controversy to sell at the cost of creators. Bigger question is, how do these companies change their marketing tactics when it's obvious that naysayers are going to buy the books just to complain? Um, I have two thoughts on this. Yeah. I don't... I, I don't think that the intention is to target people who are quote unquote naysayers or who actually taking a step back. I don't think people who buy the books are necessarily there to complain. I think they are genuine fans and they have their opinions about how they feel stories should play out. And I think the most loud of them will be vocal and want to post shit online disparage the creators like like those are a subset of a population of people and i don't think should be taken as a like a, a larger total or um like you take the amount of people that give books and creators hate with the biggest scoop of salt i think and um so i don't think that the big two are targeting those people i think they are the vocal they are a a more vocal majority Actually, they're just a vocal group because there are people who love the books too and will equally say that they like it. Um, but I think the way that algorithms work for social media to keep you on the platform, it's uh, more likely you're going to come across something that is negative or quote-unquote controversial because yep. that'll keep you engaged longer. And so I think you have to take that into consideration as well and probably sift through and filter for people who are speaking positively of the book, which is unfortunate, but... Um, so yeah, I think I don't think it's a matter of having the wrong audience. I think it's who speaks out. Um, but I do think that they need to expand the audience. And I know this is yes. uh, something that Sean and I disagree on. 
pretty frequently is how much of the pie is available for individuals or how much of the pie is available for publishers to grab at. And I think Sean's a bit more negative on the potential. You're gonna hear, you're gonna whereas, hear this next week. <laughs> oh, trust me. Oh, I'm I'm so he's Sean gonna clap my when people put words into his mouth. <laughs> he's gonna clap my cheek so fucking hard, dude. Whoa, that is not a phrase, Marco. That is not a phrase that's used in this context. Oh, sorry. Yep. Um, but I, I I think that there I think that there are individuals who have not become activated comics readers because they have not been targeted in the places where they purchase their books or their whatever they might be reading um and i think you have to get in front of those people more so at like let's say a barnes and nobles or uh actually while i was in um i was in california i saw a deli that had a spin rack and it had comics on and it what? and i was like that's fucking cool like like that, that's how you sorry were you in a time machine it was it was wild it was like the wildest thing and i'm, I'm just like walking my way i'm like oh snap and I kept going. Yeah. I want uh, one of those I, so bad, a spinner rack. And uh, I want a spinner rack so bad. Yeah. Um, but but I think you need to hit people where they're going to be outside of the comic book uh, store because that's expanding your audience. If you target to the comic, to the person that you know is going to buy a book, you are not targeting new people. You are catering to an already activated user and you're wasting your money with that and you're wasting your time. I agree with you. And to answer uh, No Name's question, which is funny because he got a name. It's No Name. Um, the question is, do should they do they have the wrong target audience? No, because they're targeting people who have money right now to buy <laughs> these books weekly. Um, and uh, whoever they're targeting is the right people right now. Um, but I agree they can be targeting a different audience as well. I don't think that's the same audience that's going to be reading Amazing Spider-Man, you know, every other week. Um, but I do think there's opportunity there for another audience to read Marvel comics. And they know what they're doing. Uh, Spider-Man fans, like like monthly comic book Spider-Man fan readers, are masochists. Mm. <laughs> you know, like I'm one of them. Spider-Man's one of the books I, I've never stopped reading since I've started reading comics. I've read every issue through every run. Um, so there, there's a, when you get a, a character that big, there's some dedication that I think there's a, that a lot of people have there. Any thoughts, Cal? I want to take this a step further. Please. I don't know if this is No Name's intention, but what I got from the question, do you think the big two have the wrong target audience, is should should the big two be focusing more on kids' books? Book, you know, books that appeal to an audience that haven't been following it for 40 years and, you know, just want to see Spider-Man. And I, I agree with that because I do think they should, but they're also owned by Disney. They can do both. It's not really one or the other, you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I think I disagree. So your question the is, same- should they should they stop marketing it to towards middle-aged men? And start yeah. marketing their books towards uh, children of every race and creed. Yeah, grow up, nerds. <laughs> Do your fucking taxes. Get a taste for jazz. Go on a date. 
Grow some sideburns. Are you going through a crisis, Kel? I've been watching a lot of soap operas, and gotcha, I think gotcha. that I'm very tired of the, the the nature of this bullshit. <laughs> it's just you know, I in in one week I can see someone, I can see someone campaign for, uh. Uh, uh, being safe and not doing a crime, and then the very next episode be like, "Oh, the police are here. We got to do some crime." And it's the same character. Nothing has changed. And that's what that's what these comic books are. That's what yeah, they are. They're just two dimensional soap operas. Yeah. And like I've been, I I know I've been talking about this a lot, you know, over the past few months. But like I've just been, I've been so in it that it's just what's in my head but the way people are reacting is just like this isn't a lifetime that people are talking about spider-man himself has lived four different lives yeah Hmm. minimum why are we acting like his adventures are this uh, concrete thing that can never be changed it's weird too because I only really see this, and you know we're getting away from the, the actual question here, but that's fine. Um, no, I'm not. I, I'm still. That's. I'm this about is to. Still the same. I'm about to, um, because I only really see this kind of outrage when it comes to Marvel comics. I feel, and I wonder if that's because it's supposed to be the world outside your window, so it's a little more like, oh, Peter Parker is me. Like I can't really say Clark Kent is me. No, I mean physique, sure, but outside of that, uh, of he's not really me. But, but Spider-Man could be, I could see myself as Spider-Man. I could see myself as Miles Morales. Um, so I think there's a lot more of a personal uh, 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 ownership, almost a parasocial relationship that yeah. people have with these these characters that just makes them angry. And, and well, anger is just their reaction to it. That's how they deal with emotions. And, again, therapy. Um, but... <laughs> That's my All two right. cents on that. More kids' books, though, would be nice. More kids' books would be... And, and DC's made that effort. Sure. Whether or not yeah. they get picked up is different. I think if... Uh, one of the things that... Um, uh, oh, my God, I'm blanking. Classic Ulysses is bringing up Star Wars fans. They don't know what they want. Don't even get me started on Star Wars fans. Uh, one of the things that that Victor brought up when we had that conversation with him a few episodes back last not last week but the week prior two weeks yeah. um, he episode three thirty nine if you're interested good very good conversation almost an extension of this if anything um, I think they I, I think he was right in that you want to have a line that goes alongside the Dave Pilkey books or the Raina Telgemeier's, you know, you want to be in Scholastic, you want to be in those places where they pick that up um, because that'll be where you meet different people and you can expand your base and then bring people into the fold. Um, You can have the, what is that? Um, Not the Starfire one, the Beast Boy Raven stuff. Yeah. What was it uh, Gabriel Piccolo and I'm forgetting the writer's name, but like those things are r- prime to be ha- to have at a at a Barnes and Nobles or a a Walmart. Sil just said she saw him at Walmart. 
Oh yeah. Look at that. But but that's where you need to be, right? And the the floppies aren't going to be there, right? But you can have your trades and that's where these kids will be. You can have those at a scholastic fair where your floppies aren't going to do that necessarily. And I think that format, the format plays a large part into catering towards that audience. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I guess uh, I'll read the next one. Um, so C.W. Gordon on the on last week's episode in the, in the Twilight of the Superheroes history finale. Um, he said, damn, so the superhero we lost to the Twilight was Alan Moore all along. Effing amazing series, Sean. Thank you. Well, Sean's not here, so we don't need to thank him. Yeah, we'll take the credit. You're welcome, <laughs> C.W. Gordon. Ooh, I'm not taking credit. No way. Sean did too much work for that. For I can only credit. take 0.1% of credit for getting sl- one slide together. <laughs> yeah, that's all, Sean. <laughs> no, yeah, Sean uh, put that together. And uh, the way he's trying to structure stuff going forward, I think, is going to look a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so be excited. And if you have stuff you want to know about, please let us know so that we can uh, make him farm content. And, and, and don't worry, that wasn't the finale of Twilight Superheroes. We're having uh, episode nine today, actually. Um, I will be diving deep into what Alan Moore's obsession with uh, bondage uh, Billy Batson was uh, was like. I have fan art. We're going to get into it. Ready, guys? Okay. We'll get to it later. Yep. Yeah. End of the show, of course. Uh, well, I mean, that's usually where, where it ends on the, on the schedule. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, OXOK, OXO, um, had a question. What are your thoughts on the DC event Night Terrors in terms of no regular issues in July and August? Is DC making a good deci- decision with how they are doing this event? No. Is it a good decision? I don't like it. Um, I believe there, there are still some books that are coming out, I think, and a lot of these teams are the same creative teams that be writing Night Terrors, so like, eh. But also, welcome to DC events. <laughs> yeah. They've done this yeah. plenty of times. The situation looks like they, they put out a list of the um, the regular series fall into three main categories. Uh, so the first category is the same writer, but a Night Terrors tie-in. Sure. is uh, books like Poison Ivy, Catwoman, and Superman. Then you have a different writer during the night terrors tie in you've got nightwing titans and batman and then there are books with just no issues at all which will be books like penguin and green arrow i forgot penguin has a book out (laughs) i think they're going about this in a very cool way i like horror comics sucker for those so you, you put that in front of me i'm gonna like it I don't care. Big fan. This just reminds me of Convergence. Kelly, remember Convergence? Yeah, I oh liked yeah. Convergence. I didn't. I thought everything was filler. I'm um, mean, not yes, even like good beach was episode. Filler. It wasn't it was even like good beach episode filler. It was just like actual filler. <laughs> the only thing to come out of it was like um, the R. Lois and Clark came back with John into the main yeah. continuity. Like that was the only real consequence of it. Um. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I was not. Uh, uh, top lane in the Twitch chat brings up was like, night, if Night Terrors fails, do we trust Williamson? 
I, I I like what Williamson's been doing outside of his events, really. I think Dark Crisis was a little uh, all over the place, um, and it reeked of corporate synergy with all the Black Adam stuff. Um, yeah. Yep. But I do like I like his Green Arrow. I like his Superman, so I'm not – I don't agree with him taking L's, you know, like that. Um, and his horror stuff, that's his bread and butter. That's where he came from. by him? Uh, no, he. It was him that did uh, nail biter, though, right? Yes, that also yeah. was. Yep. 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 So, uh, yeah, I, I think there. He's got some bona fides for this event. Um, I think if it doesn't do well, I think that's more of a like, all right, I'm done with DC events for a while, and really a Williamson thing. Um, I can't really blame. I don't. I don't like to blame creators for bad events, really, because event books are so dictated in some ways that a lot of the time I feel like creators are, you know, you know, writing with their hands tied behind their back. Um, if a creator constantly puts out, you know, uh, ongoing books that I don't care much for, then yeah, I might drop off of that creator, but I can't really blame them for, uh, event books. Like, like a remender could not write an event book. Like axes was trash, but I enjoyed pretty much everything else remender put out. Yeah, it's just a different kind of writing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, but also, I don't agree that this is a good idea. I hate, I hate, I hate can't like putting books on pause, especially like Shazam is one of them, and Green Arrow. Like they're technically just starting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't when, know what that does narratively. And it seems like Green Arrow is happening on a completely different planet or dimension or whatever the fuck. But maybe there's that's it. That's it's out. Well, that should be its reason for, you know, still going. Sure. But I guess it makes the whole line look funny then, right? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, those are those are your questions. If you guys have questions, uh, Discord's a great place. The the questions uh, uh, board, is it a board? Room? Whatever it's called. Um, in Discord. Channel. Channel. Um, the questions channel is popping all the time. Yeah, um, a lot of these A lot of these questions get brought up there. And we have, you know, dozens of people just, you know, chiming in on it. Lots of different takes. Yeah, you know what's funny is I don't even feel like I have to answer anymore. No, I know. I, some, sometimes there's... I go to answer and I've already lost discourse because they've gone on to something yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. Or like my answer is just bad, which it mostly <laughs> is most of the time. So, yeah, we, we have people writing essays in there and I'm like, oh, yeah. OK, well, my brain, that not that big. Sorry. It's cool to see though, like, and and it's cool to like have that to engage with. Yeah, no, it is. It is fun. It's fun, and and, and um, it never gets heated in there. Um, oh, but very respectful. But, but there is some back and forth, so mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's a good marketplace of ideas, as they'd say. Hey, there you go. But guys, let's, no, get, it. let's not, get it. If you're not in the Discord and you want to talk, that's the place to do yeah. it. Is the Discord. Join us. It's on our YouTube uh, channel page, and uh, it's on the description of the YouTube uh, live stream right now. And Link also, tree on socials. Yeah, it's also right in. Uh, uh, it's its own button on the Twitch stream as well. So just just click it. Oh yeah, Join. feel free. Um, but let's let's stop talking about the questions. Who, who cares what everyone thinks? Um, <laughs> Not me. But I want to know what you guys think of the Flash. Did you guys check out the this new trailer for the Flash? Yeah. Nope. Oh. 
It is mm-hmm. every day that goes by for me. Um, I am more and more on the side of people who just avoid trailers. Yep. That's specifically why I didn't watch it. That was the second trailer. No way. Teaser trailer. Fine. I'm okay with a little teaser. I like, I like to be teased a little bit, you know? Um, but the second trailer usually shows me too much. Yep. Um, and I feel like after seeing the second trailer for the flash, I know too much, but what I do know shows me that this feels like this movie is going to be very bare. <laughs> um, I'm, it did not do anything for me. This trailer. Nothing for me. It did not increase my hype levels for this movie at all. Yeah. What do you mean by bare? Um, every shot outside of like the Batcave looks like it's on a Fortnite map. Yep. <laughs> that yeah that that shot of them like all running together and the the bat mo- uh, the bat yeah, plane it's a loading over screen. Yep. Yep. Everybody was like, "Well, look at this. This is the future." And it was, no, it's no. de-evolution in my mind. Yeah. Don't want God, God forbid we have, you know, nice shot structure in movies. It feels like it's going to be convoluted. And that well, scares me. That's the flash. I will say <laughs> that's this event. Yeah. And that is scary. Cause I feel like I'm going to come in. I, I, I don't know how much knowledge I need to know to pull from the event to ground me or from previous films, because they've been, it, it ha- has felt somewhat like disconnected. Maybe I got to rewatch justice league or something, but you don't like, have to, you don't do that to yourself. <laughs> but but you know what I mean? Like I I I worry that I'm gonna come into this and just like sit there and be there for the ride and come out and be like, hmm, what just happened? Isn't that well, just comic book it, movies at this point? Like <laughs> if it's a good film, you won't feel like that. Right. Yeah. And I maybe that's my concern is I don't think it's gonna be a good film to be able to communicate that to me. Like I'm a I'm an outward supporter of the Avatar franchise. Way of Water fantastic movie and like i didn't feel that once i was done with that movie i was like oh that was three hours i didn't really feel that that was cool um and man the lost quantumania i felt that every goddamn second it felt like i was in the quantum realm and i was feeling time dilation yep um and i'm not confident that i will feel any different about this movie Hmm. being the flash um There are, it, it's weird. It's weird. Um, comic book movies are in a weird place for me. Like I'm, I'm looking at the movies coming out this summer. You know what I'm excited for? That new Ninja Turtles movie. I'm excited yeah. for Barbie. You know. When I think of, that's not a superhero movie. That's what I'm saying. Uh, excuse yeah. you. Uh, excuse you. Uh, Barbie can be whatever she wants to be. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Was like Ken over here? Seriously. Uh, but like the movies like that I'm excited for aren't comic book movies right now. You know, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Bo's Afraid sometime soon. Uh, like when I think of like um, 
when I think of, you know, oh, what are the big comic movies? What are the big movies coming out this summer? Like, I, I, for, I forget about the Marvels, even though I watched that trailer and I thought it looked pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Um, but it just doesn't even, like, rank in my brain anymore. Um, like, like, my hype for, and we'll talk about it later, my hype for Guardians of the Galaxy is non-existent. On the yeah. floor. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is slowly, it's slowly building up now that it's, like, a week away, you know? Because um, it's a little more you know, present for me. Um, but like, yeah. And, and, and then, so the flash did, um, screen at CinemaCon. Um, uh, actually the uh, CinemaCon looks great. Uh, Marco, did, uh, would you ever go to CinemaCon? I don't know what that is. Cin- Apparently for, go. uh, the Ninja Turtles movie, the CEO came out of a manhole, yeah, a manhole cover. Yeah. And gave uh, pizza to the audience in a, in a turtle's mask. That's so yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, no, CinemaCon looks pretty, pretty fun. Marco, would you ever go to SawCon? SawCon? Like yeah. for the Saw movies? Yeah, SawCon saw these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I fell for that too. Wow. <laughs> Shut up. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. Oh, there, Marco. I fucking got you. <laughs> All right, let's talk about CinemaCon, not Sock. That Sock better Con. not be a fucking clip, Tyler. I gotta make. I, I do the TikTok content. I had to force it into the show somehow. I did. I never saw that coming. Uh, <laughs> right. Apparently, to play a uh, 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 top lane saw it coming. Yeah. Um. But the Flash did premiere, or not premiere? It wasn't a premiere. It was an unfinished version of the of the movie. Um. Came out for CinemaCon yeah. attendees unfinished version yeah yeah apparently some uh some scenes weren't fully done yet in terms of uh cg and there were no after credit scenes yet doesn't that come out in like june 16th month uh two uh, month and a half month and a half yeah um but the hell? Here, here are some of the some of the responses to this movie uh so cameron bonomolo on twitter the Flash is a fun Back to the Future superhero movie that's epic and emotional with big blockbuster action and a bigger heart. Michael Keaton's Batman Returns return tops off one of DC's best movies. To quote Barry Allen, The Flash, Beefs. Beefs? Okay. okay. Right off the bat, if you call a movie epic, I'm discrediting the <laughs> review. <laughs> Wait, did, did, that, did they say beefs? Beefs. That seems like an in-joke to the movie that I don't know about. Um, a, James, um, James Viscardi, I, I believe of comicbook.com, um, notoriety, Flash of the DC movie fans have been waiting for. It does so many unbelievable things that you need to see it to believe it, but also on the biggest screen possible. Yeah. I'll see it when I believe it. Um, yeah, it just, Flash yeah. is a good movie yeah. really with, <laughs> well, this one's, uh, the Flash is a good movie with a really cringe moments. Uh, that, <laughs> that. How does it turns it me off a lot. <laughs> Feels a lot more honest too. Uh, Jeff told us it was really good. I can't remember if he said that on or off. Uh, off, uh, mind, but he he said he enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, a, a, again, again, there's some biasy there, but that could yeah. be. Yeah, that could be. I don't. Top top, top lane uh, said uh, I saw this exact review for Black Adam. Not trusting anybody. Well, I believe the hierarchy of the DC universe changed at that point, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't, 
Trust Twitter reviews. <laughs> I, I much rather read like a full on review on a website, you know, than you know something you put in, you know, whatever how, how many characters Elon Musk lets you have at this point. Two forty. Two forty or unlimited if you pay for the subscription. Go buy it now. I see Ulysses is uh, very excited for the Flash. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, Genuinely, that's, that's, that's a fair question. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't like. I don't know why DC does this, and I, and I and I and I and I have faith that James Gunn is going to kind of buck the trend in, in DC movies. But when I think of DC, I think color. I think um, hopefulness with due to that color you know a lot of primary colors um even outside of the snyderverse which this flash movie technically is um it's still on a giant barren wasteland for half them for half most of the trailers you know it's it just seems maybe it just seems maybe weird. it'll be a, a city when the movie's finished you know oh yeah they just didn't they didn't put it in yeah, they need yeah, to have another like one of those snyderverse 9 11 moments in the background you know zod's zod's well known for that yeah rip oh classically just says he loves he just loves dc that's fair okay yeah it's right argue with that yeah so that's me whenever uh a spider-man movie comes out like i'm usually pretty excited so i just yeah. uh, for me the ezra thing really kills this for me i just it's hard to get it out of my brain it is ripped and like what little excitement I had for for this movie, especially being a Flash movie. One, I don't like Ezra as an actor, especially as Barry Allen. But then, with everything else that's been going on, there's this, and I have to look at this person for two plus hours. I man, I'm not here for it. Like, and like even in terms of adaptations, um, one of the things, one of my favorite parts of Flashpoint was the global conflict that was going on between Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Non-existent plot in the plot thread in this movie. Um, it seems like the only things of Flashpoint we're getting is the fact that Barry Allen goes, tries to change the past, screws up the future. Like, it's just more of this, it's a skeleton, really, rather than the actual, an actual adaptation of it. You could see that on the show. Sure. And and, and but, I think at CinemaCon, they also even said that, like, Grant Gustin was supposed to be in this movie, but they couldn't get scheduling, you know, down correctly. Uh, I, I think that, but I think that's fair for, like, if you don't have all of those pieces set up, because wasn't Aquaman supposed to come out before this or something, and, like, the timeline moved, and so... I mean, we're I not think, talking about that movie, is what the, the official DC word is, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I think to have just the skeleton... Like if you were to, if I were to come into that and you would have had all of these things, all of those pieces into that movie, you need to make that like a three hour movie and you need to find a way to really cohesively tell that narrative. And I don't think that they have, frankly, the wherewithal to do it. And so I'm glad that they're not incorporating the fuller event elements of that. So I'm happy that it's just a skeleton because that at the very least I can grip onto one thing. Well, it's not even that though, because I think the the Flashpoint works because they are established characters we love uh, skewed mm. in the DC movies. What established characters do we love? You know, so much so that the fact they had to bring Michael Keaton back. You know, it's like, oh, this is something you did love. You know, here he is again. Yeah. Um, Do you imagine Christian Bale? Wild. Uh, 
I would have put it past him to do it eventually. <laughs> Honestly. Eventually. Yeah. Um, like even like the fact that, you know, Michael Keaton says, you know, like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Like that's a meme now. Like it wasn't even like when that movie was out or even like when it, you know, was on rental when I was a kid. That's not the thing I glommed onto, but it became a meme. So they referenced it in the movie. I hate that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's all these movies are now are meme factories. Okay. It's marketing. Easy marketing. Ugh. I will say it is cool that Michael Keaton seems to be having a good time on this. Mm-hmm. You know, like getting pictures for his grandson and stuff. But um, Top Lane says it's nostalgia bait. I agree. But nostalgia bait can work. Uh, Picard, the most recent uh, ser- uh, season of Picard, I think does it really well. Get those good oh. member berries. I wouldn't even consider the member berries because it's like it's instead of instead of just being like oh remember when which I think is like the lowest form of I think I saw it somewhere it's like the lowest form of conversation. Yeah, um, it's more like hey this happened here are the consequences of it you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is talking about it in a more present tense, um, and referencing things in a more present tense that that worked and uh, I just hate that we're in the nostalgia part of comic book movies at this point because they've been around so long. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, we're still going to see it. <laughs> yeah. uh, if I can figure it out, I will be stealing this movie. And I'm very comfortable <laughs> saying that on mic. You wouldn't steal uh, a DVD. <laughs> uh, he's joking, uh, YouTube. It's uh, uh, satire. I'm going to find it on YouTube. I don't give a shit. <laughs> All right. Well, June sixteenth, you'll see us. Uh, we'll have a we'll have a discussion about that. I guess pleasant, pleasantly surprised. Hopefully, good news in DC. I thought that was bad news, but good news is that uh, one of the I few times it. that I've seen this recently, Blue Beetle is getting an ongoing by the creative team that did Blue Beetle Graduation Day, um, and that is <laughs> it was a miniseries by Josh Trujillo and artist Adrian Gutierrez, Will Quintana, and Lucas Gattoni. Um, they got the call up to the big leagues, it looks like. Let's go. That's this cool. Stuff. That's cool. I'm, I like that this is a, a thing that can happen. You know, Blue Beetle was one of those round robin books um, that won, oh, I believe, yeah. the first round robin. And it's cool seeing, like, they saw enough of an audience there for it that they were like, yeah, let's just keep going with it. Let's, we like your vision for the character. Go for it. And a lot of those round robin people are like up and coming creators too. So this is good. Yeah. Do, do you think that they saw that there was an audience or do you think that this is more so because there's a movie and they're hoping to capitalize on that? Be a little bit of both. Be a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay. Because um, I don't remember the, um, the – we only read the first issue of, of that yeah. Blue Beetle book um, on the show. I thought it was all right. Yeah, I remember liking the fact that there's actual Spanish in it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's and it's not, they don't translate it for you. It just is part of the book. And that was nice. Like Blue Beetle and Jaime Reyes are cool characters. Have been since it's in his inception, yeah. Yeah, yeah. From day one, like, they're cool. It never made sense to me that Blue Beetle doesn't always have an ongoing. Like, yeah. I love Ted Cord. I'm a big Ted Cord guy. But Jaime Reyes <laughs> is, is just... I feel like untapped potential, which is why I'm excited for the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hispanic character, great design, toyetic, 
And I think this is like the, the closest DC has to a Spider-Man is Blue Beetle. Agreed. Ooh. Yeah. And they have Blue yet pick. to capitalize on that. And I like that. Um, I uh, Frankly, I like that his whole family knows too. None of the secret identity yeah. bullshit. Yeah. That's why I like Miss Marvel, you know? Yeah. It adds a, it, it, it adds a different dynamic to it. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a little more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like oh, one parent might be, you know, into helping the kid out. One parent uh, is a little wary about it. Uh, I think it's, it's more rifer than than the will they, won't they drama, you know? Because yep. then you get interpersonal, like, drama, and, and that helps yeah. to build character. That helps to also, like, you can play out storylines with that. that I, I think it's a stronger foundation. And and I think the, the Reach is the villain of Blue Beetle, right, I believe? Yeah. Um, awesome. The they're just other blue. They're other beetle people, like beetle, yeah. beetleborgs. No, that's a different thing. Beetleborgs. Um, they are other beetleborgs. No, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. I might try this again once issue one comes out, just to see where it is, because I want to like and read Blue Beetle. Um, this, I thought it was fine when it when the graduation day came out, but I think I might have been a little. Um, what's the word? Influenced by the fact that it was a round robin book, and it felt like it didn't mean anything to me. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it couldn't by its nature, it couldn't really tie into what else was going on in the DC universe because it was kind of its own thing. Um, but if this could kind of play with that a little more, I'm in. Burrow Burrow Snake says, uh, "DC Spider Man should be static." Uh, capital S on should. Yeah, but. Uh, will that ever DC has so many like even Tim Drake could have been their Spider-Man yep Superboy could have been their Spider-Man but mm, yep they've never really put put everything into it uh, a couple other new book announcements that are that are continuations of other things going on in DC uh, we will be getting a uh, Power Girl and Fire and Ice uh, special this is cool. Um, that is a continuation of Leia Williams's uh, Power Girl, and mm. a new uh, Fire and Ice story will be in this special as well. This special is kind of a, a launch, a launch off point for these two books to then get their own ongoing series. So, uh, the Power Girl uh, book is da, 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 Power Girl. Yes, main story by Leia Williams and artist Marguerite Savage. So the same team that's doing the backups on Action Comics. Um, and the Fire and Ice is written by Joanne Star- Starer, uh, with Natasha Bustos on art with colors by Tamara Bonvillon. Yes, um, love that she's getting work. Yeah, and then Power Girl will then you know shift over into a Power Girl ongoing uh, with that same creative team. Um, uh, well, oh, it's written by Leia Williams with different artist uh, Eduardo Pensica on art instead. Um, and then Fire and Ice will be getting Fire and Ice Welcome to Smallville number one uh, by the same team I mentioned previously. Great Hugh, uh, uh, Dodson cover there. I love a Dodson cover. Um, I like this. I like when backups are used as almost uh, backdoor pilots for main books. Um, I don't know how that works in terms of, you know, do they get enough information on, you know, buzz from it? that they can justify an ongoing afterwards. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure how that works, but I do like it. It gives you a reason to read those backups and, and it's cool to see 
Like, when's the last time Power Girl has had a book? When's the last time Fire and Ice have had books? Um, Fire and Ice so, is a long time. Yeah. yeah. The fact that, A, female creative teams, great. Good job on DC. Female characters is a big thing that has been missing from that DCU, you know, relaunch. Um, so I think these are um, a lot of good things that are kind of spinning out of it. Um, I know you have some thoughts about the uh, Fire and Ice book, Kale. Yeah, have you said the premise for the Fire and Ice book? No, I was going to leave that for you. I don't have, will you read it out? I don't sure. have it yeah, in front yeah. of me. Um, in the story, uh, Superman sends former Justice Leaguers packing for Smallville to lie low following their extremely public and utterly disastrous mission in Baltimore. Uh, and in doing so, deem the, uh, doomed them to a fate worse than death. Irrelevance. So uh, in the special, Fire and Ice have, uh, get sent to uh baltimore to deal with the natural disaster and they screw things up uh immeasurably uh because i guess guy gardner gets involved and he's guy uh so as punishment superman could just dictate where they live now so he sends them to smallville yeah so that that bothers me that superman can just say uh no you can't do this anymore go somewhere that bothers me a lot But what bothers me the most <laughs> is that Superman would send them to Smallville, the place right. where he, the place where he grew up, the place where his family is, the place where his friends are. Would, would that would you not feel safest having people near your family? Like like Kale, if you were being chased, if by... they destroyed a city, I wouldn't want them anywhere near my friends and family. Are you kidding me? Wasn't this doesn't they, make a goddamn lick of sense. Wasn't the uh, Heroes in Crisis therapy room in Smallville too? No, that was oh, in no. a that was in a different. I think it was in Kansas, but it wasn't in Smallville. No offense to Superman, I don't think he's the brightest dude. I no, that's that's what what sort of bullshit nineteen nineties crap are you smoking? He's a journalist at a major metropolitan paper like he's no you know he's no lex luther but he's not an idiot <laughs> but you're not gonna you're not gonna make noise there you know there are so many other places you cannot make noise the the, the part that <laughs> what about uh, tiny town in minnesota <laughs> oh great burgers there um the the part that, that jumps out to me here uh, is that he doomed them to a fate worse than death. Irrelevance. So yikes. There's I gotta say the premise makes me want to read it out of curiosity. Really. Uh, also, fire and ice, great characters. Um, Listen, yeah, it's fire. It's a fire and ice book. I'm gonna read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just like what? What do they do? They just till the till the farm. Like it looks like Helix is in it too. Which why is Kelix in Smallville? Um, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Or Orbor Snake makes a good uh, good point. It's a pretty good opportunity to expand Smallville and have a nice slice of life story. That's what I feel comics need, bro. Oh, they I need agree. Slice of life. They need you know a high school little drama thing. Just make it super super chill. Kale's kills, kills you everyone. Need you don't <laughs> need it in Smallville. <laughs> it doesn't. There are so many other places. So many other places. Smallville is not a town that needs one more superheroes than the S-shaped people that are already there. I think you might be answering two, your own question. Two more fleshed out. 
I think that's the reason he goes to Smallville because nothing happens there, so they can't screw it up. <laughs> so the uh, top lane says crime rate is like one per hundred years. It's it's like when a TV show gets uh, sent to a Friday Friday night time slot. It's like, oh, this show is not doing good. Just give it Friday nights. Nobody's gonna watch it there. Aaron Ruiz says this is so they can experience the Kansas way of living and get turned good. I don't know what kind of conservative bullshit you're trying to peddle. <laughs> did you live in Kansas, Cal? Yeah, I did. Look how I turned out. Oh, <laughs> um, American boy. Dale Ward. Um, Power Girl is cool. I like Power Girl. Listen, I'm here for both of these. I, I liked uh, I liked the Power Girl backups. Um, Marguerite Savage's art was incredible. Um, and I like Leah Williams. Her stuff was a little wordy, but I I enjoyed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Yeah, and, and I think the. I'm sorry, that that stuff was like solid. I think, uh, I think there were even some there were some people in the chat were like, oh yeah, I'm not following the. I I definitely know somebody who's not following the main series, just looking at the backup stories for that. And I like how uh, I think Power Girl is a good character for Leah Williams because uh, of the idea of her femininity is a big thing for the character uh, outside of the text, you know, with Power Girl's boob window and all that. People complaining whenever she gets a costume change because they can't see any more cleavage, like playing with the male gaze with that character, I think could be really interesting that uh, I don't think has been done outside of uh, Pamiati and Connor's run, right? Which they, did a while. they almost they yeah. almost they almost made her DC's Deadpool for a certain bit of yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I'm interested. I like Power Girl a lot. Um, so a little more CinemaCon news. That's hard to say real fast. But uh, news. we they got some they they screened some Craven footage. This no is a way. movie that is actually happening, guys. No way. Yeah, yeah. So Craven? a couple Craven. Yeah, that's so Craven is what it really should be called. <laughs> Um, so a couple of things that came out of this, um, one, probably the biggest news is that this is rated R. This is a hard R movie. Yeah. Which is, uh, Venom wasn't even a hard R. That was a PG 13 movie. Um, and they talked about like why they didn't make it R, but I guess Craven is, uh, unknown enough that they can make it R. (laughs) Um, so uh, it it is some of the, the footage they showed, uh, Craven is, you know, seen chasing after people. He, you know, rips people to shreds and even bites a dude's nose off and it's bloody and gory. Um, so guess we were wrong. This is, this will come out. Any, any interest for this? Any excitement for this? Nope. None at all. Marco? Yeah. I mean, I will say they did say he has the best. He's in uh, full, full garb. I, I, I'm I'm interested to see how this might play out. The fact that it's rated R doesn't do too much for me because I was just like thinking that through. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But then, like, do you really need to show, like, to be graphic for this? Like, that's not what his character is about. Like, somebody, like, him coming up and biting off somebody's nose, that doesn't feel very, that doesn't feel like it jives. Um, I, I, I feel like, you know, he's a hunter. Right? He's going to plan. He's going to be methodical. He's going to be, um, like the kill is the last. The kill is the last thing. The build up is all of it, and I feel like you don't need to be 
violent to do that. And so if that's the take, that, if that's the way that they're going, I mean, I'll check it out. I'm curious, but I don't know that it's going to be a, uh, I don't know how true to, to character it'll be. I am oddly, I'm oddly interested in this movie. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson has come out and said that he only does one movie a year specifically and he chooses them specifically. Um, and I just watched bullet train recently. Have you guys checked that bullet train? No, I thought it was a ton of fun and I really liked Aaron Taylor Johnson in it. Um, so knowing that he's so specific about what he chooses to be in has me a little interested in this. Um, I don't know. I got one more thing that could change your interest too. They won't in the movie in, in the, in the, in the clips they showed, um, the rhino is in it. Oh, no, rhino, not, not getting you horned up there, Cal. For, for who? For, what do you mean? Like, who would get? Who would, who would be excited about the rhino? I mean, like, was that who he's chasing? I don't know the. We don't know the degree of Rhino's involvement. Is he just you know a, a cold open character? Is he the main antagonist? I don't know, but he is in this movie. Spider Man's not going to be in it. Who gives a shit? I mean, Morbius did fine. <laughs> I couldn't even finish that one. Dan, yeah, Dan brings up, he's, uh, quote, I only do one movie a year. An executive says, we'll pay you XXXXXXX amount of dollars. This is the movie I'll do this year. Fair. Yeah, like, Fair. Fucking, yeah, he only does one movie a year. It's the one that pays him the most. He just wanted to get on the Marvel train. Who gives a shit? Like, I don't know. I think it could be neat. It could be. It won't be, but it could be. You're right. <laughs> who's who's doing it? Do we know uh, who's the director of this one? Uh, let's see. You think I would have this ready? Uh, El Muerto, Madam Web. Points out, to plan points out, Rhino's an animal. Put him in the Craven movie, fam. Word. That's fair to me. I, I, you know, throw Stegron in here. You know, like, I don't, I don't sure. care. Sure. Yo, classy, uh, not like, not like uh, it'll help it. Classy, uh, your comment, Clark Kent cooking comic based on Food Wars. That's the kind of content that I'm here for, bro. I'm looking up the director. The director is JC Chandor, who hasn't done much. <laughs> All right. Well, I can't I mean, even like say like, oh, this is what he did. A most violent year. He was the director of. I think it's a Oscar Isaac's joint, right? Yeah, yeah. Jessica Chastain. Oh, no, yeah. Mm, okay. We'll I, I mean, I, I feel like I don't know to what degree this movie needs to be made. Um, when it comes out, I guess I'll watch it. Not me. Are we are we are we pulling an executive decision, on like a, like a Shazam two decision on this movie? Probably. The fact that you guys didn't see Shazam two when it was actually not that bad, like compared to. Ant Man, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna. I, I want to veto that executive decision. I'm not a big hey, listen, Zachary Levi guy. Listen, you can veto whatever you want. I'm not going to see this movie. It's coming out on HBO Max, I think, next month. Great, I can't see it. <laughs> it's why I'll you get to the UK, Max right? So you country. can make those calls. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's craving, guys. Let us know if you have any interest in that. Um, speaking of, uh, what's this? 
up here. Oh yeah. So next week, speaking of speaking of comic book movies, specifically Marvel movies, next week is the premiere of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Some early buzz is coming out about that. Um, I think uh, so far the reactions are pretty damn good. Like you know how the the flash buzz that we just talked about previously is the most generic Twitter, you know, descriptions of things of all time. Um, the ones I've seen for Guardians are a lot more nuanced. Um, talking about uh, how this is. Uh, sorry, my ad blockers here. Uh, Highlights include one of the best villain performances. Um, I hear that this movie is. I'm trying to find the one that's. Yeah, there's a lot of heart in this movie. It's not easy to wrap up a trilogy, but James Gunn does it pretty damn perfectly with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, or Volume Three, and with all the humor, heart, action, and emotions that have made the films feel special. I'm trying to find one from the guy from discussing film. He had a good, good clip on that. Um, any any interest on in this and this one now that it's you know a week out for you guys? I'm very glad for this era to be over. Mm. I hope I hope James Gunn kills the Guardians of the Galaxyification of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I hope it goes out. This is this is their swan yeah. song, right? Like like yeah. they're, they're this, done after this. Yeah. Right, so like, I want this to end on a good note, man. Uh, number two, I, I feel like I had fun with number one, and that was like part of the hype of you know all the Marvel movies coming out, and this one no, was yeah. just like a banger, right? And number and one was one, kind of revolutionary; like it was nothing else was done like that. It pretty yeah. much new characters for everyone involved. I, yeah. I even remember the conversation being about like color and how yep. this movie felt visually distinct, and so um, awesome, super hyped on that. Very excited for the second one, which I think was good. But uh, some of the hype had burnt, had come down for me, and I think, I think I've made the mistake of ascribing my excitement level to individual movies based on where they are in this larger timeline of Mar- the MCU. Where as we've progressed deeper into it, I've said, "Oh, I'm not excited for this movie because it ties, it doesn't tie into these things, or it's part of this larger wave," and I don't think that's fair on an individual movie basis, but I think for like the larger, I think you can make the two comparisons of the larger MCU narrative versus an individual movie. And as an individual movie, um, I think I'm uh, maybe coming around to it, but I'm not as excited because I thought the second one was good, um, but it didn't knock my socks off. And as, as to how it fits into the larger MCU narrative, that I'm not excited for. That I just yeah. like, whatever. When, uh, when James Gunn recently has been like, yeah, the way Star Lord and the Guardians are written in, in Infinity War and Endgame is not how I would have written them. Yeah. Um, so, but the, I, I brought up the, the review that I was reading uh, from discussing film. Um, James Gunn performs an incredible balancing act in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, where he allows time for every character to shine, with the OGs given brilliant stories based on their arcs in previous films. Um, this does look like a wrapping up. And according to Zoe Saldana, it is a wrapping up of the core team as Guardians going forward. Um, whether this means they're dead, they just retire, I don't know. But they're done being Guardians, uh, apparently, by the end of this movie. 
Um, and if he, and if he could, if he could wrap that up, you know, in a way that makes sense and feels good. Um, and, and uh, guardians, I would say is the heart of the Marvel universe really right now. Well, yeah, definitely now it's, it's a very, uh, a slowly beating heart, but it's there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I'm excited for this, but I think this could potentially be a surprise for me. I had tickets to see it last night, but I forgot that I had them. <laughs> Wait, tonight? Last night. Uh, it was like early, early release screening sort of thing that I won tickets to, and I forgot because I was playing the new Star Wars game instead. Let's see it. Mm. Dan says uh, he likes that this trilogy is still the filmmaker's baby. Gunn managed to create his own thing within yeah. a monster franchise. Tip of the hat to him. Yeah, it's true. That's fair. Yeah. And honestly, what he can do with this will, I'm really curious in the, in the sense that like, oh, what does this look like for Superman? Uh, what do they call it? Reborn? What's Legacy? Legacy, yeah. What does that look like for Legacy? Uh, so. Yeah, like, and I like Suicide Squad. Gunn's got the chops. Yep. So Zoe said that in a couple of interviews, says that this is the, the end of their run on Guardians. You know, Gamora, Star-Lord, uh, Groot, Rocket, and Drax, I think, would be the core team. Um, but she did say in an interview, this, this sets up the new Guardians team. What does that mean? A new? A new, like, it sets up the Guardians for the future. Okay. The Guardians of the Galaxy is a well-known, you know, team in the Marvel Comics that cycles in different characters. Um, I don't know if it's a well-known team. <laughs> in my house, it is. In this house of one, it's well-known. Um, but I had a question for you guys with the release of guardians of the galaxy volume three, we will be seeing the sunsetting of our main guardians cast. But my question for you guys is if you guys can pick your guardians, of the galaxy team, who would it be and why? Got Marco, you've been, you've been percolating. I have, um, I, it was four, right? Sure, yeah, do whatever you want. I don't care. Okay. Um, well, in that case, uh, I have Corsair. Oh. Should be the pilot. Yes. Uh, just makes sense, right? You want to have somebody who has that experience out there. Um, Silver Surfer, uh, only because I like okay. the idea of having somebody who can be outside of the ship while they're all flying. I like that as a concept. Uh, what my curveball is a Morlock leech because I think you can probably take Morlocks out into space and they're probably oh you're a crusty whatever or you're a green lizard person yeah that's pretty chill we're on this planet and oh you're you're uh, getting get, him you're getting leech out of the out of Earth so he doesn't deal with the racism anymore so that he can he can learn to love and accept his body. And who he is as a person, I, and so I like that. I, and, and so, like that was my thought of like any Mordlock would do, but then Leech because he has like Leeches, yeah. dampening powers, right? So you can kind of uh, mitigate danger in that way. So he's a kind of like your a defensive character. Um, magic, just because I love magic. I like the, a sword. The, the X Men. X Men, yeah. Of course, uh, let me recap real quick. Corsair, Leech. Uh, what was the other one? Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer and Magic. Okay. 
Uh, and then that's what I had. And I wanted one last one that was like a, uh, I was going to do man thing. Uh, oh, you want like a bruiser? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Just throw just a like, chode in there. Nah, chode is whatever. Just chode. Yeah, chode hater um, over here. But like man thing, I think was my, my pick. Cause uh, again, emotions, right? And who knows what kind of alien emotions can trigger his powers. So he might get level ups. Yeah, wacky team, dude. I love yeah. wacky teams. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds more like a Star Jammers team than a Guardians team. <laughs> I'm cool with it, though. I'm cool with a wacky yeah, Guardians team. I'm down. Uh, Kelly, you want to go or you want me to go? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Okay. Nova. Which? Give me that. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, give me that long-awaited Nova. By Lavelle, mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. Who is? She's not Captain Marvel. No, no she's she was um, Quasar. Quasar. That's what I was thinking yeah. of. Related, Moon Dragon. Uh, I think it would be very good to get uh, a little bit of a rep- representation, sure, uh, in there. So I think the File of L Moon Dragon. Um, romance and eventually, you know, femme fatale badass couple would be sweet. Beta Ray Bill, hell yeah! Oh, very good. Uh, and finally, this could be controversial. Iron Man, I don't like that. Happened before, has I, it? Yeah, I don't want to see Iron Man on the ground interesting i want him in a different scenario we've had so much more stuff with him um he's got all these suits why not i absolutely believe i mean you know like we we've seen it uh in the comics i think it would be um uh well within tony stark's um Mm -hmm. personality to want to go out and do more stuff he slept with gamora in the comics marco Oh, my well, man. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, so mine is interesting. Uh, I, w- I would like, I, I agree, Nova, Richard Ryder, head of the team. Yeah. Head of the team. But yeah. I'm thinking a little more. I'm thinking galactic conflict, conflict in my head. And this, this needs to be a team that represents all of that. So, I'm going to throw Brew on the team from X Men, a little, little, little brood guy. I think That's King, cool. King of the Brood now. Um, I'm throwing Ronan the Accuser on there. Ooh. There's your bruiser. There's your big guy. Mm. Um, I'm throwing as uh, another power power level boost here, but Gladiator on the team. Um, oh, I even ki- throw Kid yeah. Gladiator in there too. A little father son, little dynamic there. Um, Wild Wharf and Alexander. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it even more now. Um, Hepzibah. From the from the from um the the Corsairs team, Starjammers. Throw her on there. Oh, oh sure. like the cat lady. She the, I was gonna say she the white lady. With <laughs> <laughs> the little ears. Um and then a, a little maybe a dark horse pick here. So we got we got our Cree. We got our Shi'ar. We don't have a scroll. I'm throwing Veronki on here. 
don't know who that the is. Queen of the Scrolls who led Secret Invasion. Ooh, I genuinely uh, in Annihilation, the Super Skull parts were my f- yeah part of my favorite yeah. parts. And I want her using Super Skull powers that are like New Avengers powers. I want her doing Spider Woman yeah. shit. You know, yeah. Um, I want her to you know maybe see things differently and and maybe try to have a little peace going on. Huh, so okay. that's 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 my my team there. I love Space Marvel. It's so fun. Miss that yeah. stuff. Uh, but yeah, that that was all our show was going to be. It had to crab out there at the last the last moment. But right at, um, right at the end. Thanks for joining YouTube. I'm going to put this out separately as an own little its own little video for YouTube. Um, but uh, that's our show. See what happens when Sean doesn't show up. Things break. Actually, this would have broken if Sean was here too. This isn't. This is irregardless of him um but yeah where uh where can people find us how does this work again <laughs> you could find us at the comics pals everywhere uh up, where's my finger uh that way up here up here um so the comics pals on twitter instagram youtube tiktok twitch or patreon.com slash the comics pals if you want to support us and get your own cool superhero or villain name we gave it a villain name for once uh, this time um check us out there um marco you're up where can people find you oh am i getting first seat what the hell i'm throwing wrenches in here thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the comics pals uh you can find me at mr marco Enomoto on instagram and twitter come talk to me about uh what i've been doing recently poetry i guess back into that romance novels um i've been doing romance uh, lately (laughs) uh, i got a i got a new um uh manga called imaginary which has which has been okay uh i don't know if i'm gonna stick with it but i'm catching up on comics so uh we'll see come talk to me about anything that is comics i'm gonna be reading stuff kale you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Toto Into. That's T O T O I and T O W. You can find my work at Kaleward.com. That's C A L E W A R D.com. I am trying to get into uh, Pokemon ROMs. Remember how I said the Pokemon business was uh, finished? I was wrong. The liar. I was wrong. That was like two weeks ago, too. You, you're very emphatic about it. I knew that would be a lie. You can't, yeah. you can't quit that. I think I'm just tired of Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, trying to get into uh, ROMs on my Steam Deck, which I've not picked up, and my wife is very angry about it. Um, so I've been tinkering, trying to uh, trying to figure it out, and uh, it's not going great. Um, so if anybody knows anything about that, I would appreciate the help. You can follow Sean at Sean Soapbox everywhere. Talk to him about whatever he's doing today. Ask him questions. Ask him Gr- what he's Gr- doing today. Yeah, what is he doing? Why don't we ask him? Uh, that's be too easy. I feel like he would give into the public pressure a lot more than he would <laughs> us. That is friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can follow me at the Tyler Olson on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and where else am I? I have a TikTok. I don't really use it. Um, I'm, I'm playing our Star Wars game. It's fun so far. I like using the dual blades. Is, is the one that you can have like a blaster and a thingy? I don't know and yet. I, I know you could. There, I have three stances right now. It looks like there's two more stances I can get. So I don't know what those are, but I have 
dual blade, so one blade in each hand. I got the Darth Maul, Maul style thing with a double bladed thing. Um, and then I have just a single blade that I can use. I don't know what the other two stances are. I don't know if I get like a triple blade. I don't know what the deal is, but we'll see. Uh, but it's fun so far. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm killing a whole bunch of like uh, battle droids, which I love battle droid banter. You know, like in video game banter, you can hear like the, the bad guys just talking to themselves before you kill them. Just imagine battle droids doing that. They're just like, you know, like Roger, Roger, you know, like stuff like that. It's, yeah. Battle droids are the best thing to happen with the prequels. Um, but yeah, it's fun so far. It's good. Um, but that's, that's our, our, uh, tragic ending to the show, but <laughs> that's the show. That's the show, guys. Um, listen, you still week? stuck around for two hours. You got the meat of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you just missed out on the, uh, the the lemon sorbet that is the palate cleanser at the end. That and who sticks around for that? Like I do. It's very good. I love it. I love it. Listen, sorbet. I love the lemon sorbet. Little digestif. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, uh, we'll see you Thursday for Palace Polls. Um, and you can expect uh, the poll should be up by now, right? I think Sean put up a poll. I think it's supposed to be up, yeah. I'll confirm that later. Um, but yeah. <laughs> it will be up. See you yeah. next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the cue is normally for that. So, bye guys. Thanks for. Your time.